Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig. Each episode, we start with a question and we see where it takes us. This week's question is, something changed. Now what? So I think the first thing to point to here is, is what are we talking about when we say something changed? Um, and I think for what I'm thinking of this conversation, it means anything changed. Because what I think is that when something changes, that has ripple effects through everything else. So maybe a team member joined or left, or maybe everybody, you know, there was a new office space, or maybe you adopted a new platform for how you communicate, or maybe there was some kind of role shift, or maybe somebody said, I really hate this thing that I'm doing, and you, you know, worked with that. It, and, and it can be pretty small changes, actually. But I think where I want to start with is just defining that when we say something changed, one of the things that I think can be useful is to go, okay, something seems off here. What changed? And it might even be something that feels really small, but you may be seeing ripples of one thing changed and you didn't really process as a group through all the things that that might have meant. Yeah. Um. I think getting really clear about, and, and, and love your, any of what you're saying is to sort of taking that pause and just kind of going, hold on, like something seems different. We might not even know what it is. Um, and in fact, because everything is connected, right? Sometimes our sense of what has changed, uh, yes, that thing has changed, but that's actually like a knock on from like three or four other things, you know, that are all connected in some way. And what actually changed may not be the thing that we're noticing um, or, or the original source of the change, you know, where it, where it came from. And what gets even trickier is when only some of the people in the group are aware of it, mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes now what you, what I might be noticing is that you are showing up differently. Right. And so I go, oh, you've changed, but you're showing up in a different way because you're responding to the other thing that I haven't even noticed. Right. And maybe it's, you know, the broccoli in my teeth. Um, and so I think, you know, what's changed is Karen's acting weird. Right. And what's right. changed is, right, there's other thing. And so uh, it, I mean, it's difficult enough when we're sort of by ourselves sometimes to figure out like what has changed. And it gets even more complicated in groups because oftentimes what we are reacting to is other people's reactions to something that we might not be even aware of. Yeah. And so I think once you've sort of identified, oh, there's a thing that's changed, or if you're really a high functioning team, you'll see it coming. We, we're, mm. we're about to make a change. We anticipate that there will be ripple effects. What do we want to do? about yeah. that and be conscious about it. So whether you're looking ahead at it or looking backward at it, I think we notice that something changed. Let's start thinking about a lot of what's gonna happen actually is predictable if we just stop and think, okay, so if this person's in this new role, that's now meaning that maybe their other tasks aren't getting done anymore, or mm -hmm. maybe the, the speed with which or the response rate with which they're gonna be dealing with things is going to be different or um, or maybe they're in a new role. So then also somebody else is in a new role. So it's just going to be clunky for a while because like, but you could, there, some of that's really predictable and by naming it and normalizing it, that can be all it takes actually sometimes. Yeah. It's, um, you know, relating it to our current situation, right? At the point where you and I are recording this, 
Uh, we're in uh, early May in 2020. So we are some number of weeks now, kind of months into, uh, into shelter at home. Uh, in the COVID-19 situation. And there are absolutely things that have changed in people's daily routines, right? Some of which they could predict, right? Some of which they couldn't. And some of which are evenly starting to make sense now. Oh, that's what's going on here. That's what's happening. Um, and I think there's some degree of being able to sort of say like, okay, you know, this is the backwards thing. Thing changed. So what, what are we going to do about it, right? There is that level of the very task-oriented, like, okay, who's going to handle grocery shopping now? Who's going to make food? How are we going to deal with, I'm thinking about what's going on in my own life right now, <laughs> right? Uh, how are we going to know that it's the weekend um, when our, our situation is, you know, our timing has been so disrupted? So there's a lot of that sort of task-oriented stuff, but there's also that layer of, how do we feel about this? What do we notice about how things have shifted? Now that, oh, now that this person is doing this thing, now that I'm taking this stuff on and I'm not used to doing it, which means I'm not as good at it as maybe I would like, <laughs> right? How do I want to be with that? How do we want to be with that very sort of concrete change? What, is, what do we want our emotional response to it to be like? Yeah. And I think that brings us to a really important piece, which is even really good changes. You know, like we got a new workspace that's amazing, that we, just what we wanted, right? Even really good changes are stressful. Yeah. That we humans do not, as a general rule, like change. We don't embrace it particularly well, some more than others. And that, so there's going to be a big variety of responses to change. But I think you can take it as a given that some amount of stress around change is going to be there. And then I think the next step of that is, okay, so I'm noticing discomfort. That's pretty likely to be part of what you experience when you sort of look at your feelings about this. And then to get curious about, so is this discomfort, the discomfort of positive change that's just uncomfortable because it's a new and unfamiliar and scary and a little bit uncertain thing? That's that healthy discomfort around change. Or is this a discomfort that's because there's a, an unpredicted, or maybe predicted, but there's a consequence of this change that whether the change overall was good or bad, this particular thing is not good and maybe needs addressing. And so I think it's easy to be like, oh, well, it's change and it's whatever. And we, we stuff those feelings. I think attuning to them and going, okay, yep, that's a discomfort that is expected and healthy. This is a discomfort that is pointing me to there's something we should be paying attention to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, the, the being able to predict, for example, that, oh yeah, we're going to be less good at this for a while because we're going to need to learn a bunch of stuff, then allows us to say, well, given that, how do we want to be around that? Like, what sort of care and empathy do we want to have for each other, given that we know we're all going to be going through this? Um, and being able to have those conversations before you get to that moment can be, one, sometimes those moments just don't come up so much, right? But two, it also means you're prepared. Um, so it's the like, yeah, this change, you know, the initial change has happened, but the working through of the change is still unfolding. So how do we want to be as we work through it? Yeah. And I think that you're you're touching on a piece that I think is really important, which is often the biggest or the worst problem is the one no one will name because they won't name it. Like the failure to name it is what makes it big. 
And so mm -hmm. if you create that space where it's normal to be stressed, it's normal for things not to be going so well here, it's normal to be uncomfortable, and, it, and it's normal to not be sure what you're uncomfortable about, we as a team make space for that. We encourage you to mm -hmm. talk about it, to bring it up, to name it, and just the normalizing of that process greatly increases the likelihood that people will talk about it. Mm -hmm. And, and then it will be either, we talked about it, that's all that had to happen. We said it, yeah. now we're good. That happens a lot. Sometimes it's a very small solution for an otherwise really big problem. Yeah. And sometimes there are problems that actively need solutions that you need to pay attention to. And of course, finding out about them later is rarely better. Yeah. So we've talked about a few things here. One of them is like when something changes, when we notice that there's something different, sort of stepping back and asking, so wait a minute, what has actually changed? And kind of doing some, some collective sense making about that uh, is a useful thing to do. Um, then sort of extrapolating that, like, so what can we expect now? Like, what can we predict and what do we want to plan for is useful. The being able to make agreements about how we want to be together in the face of that is is also useful. And the, the other thing that comes up for me that I notice that is sometimes the most difficult thing for groups is recognizing that we're all going to respond differently to this and that someone else's response is just as valid as yours. Right? <laughs> <laughs> see, it isn't so. <laughs> but it's like, that's where the big, I see that the biggest thing happens is that like we all experience this change and there's different change models that people talk about of how we experience these. And we experience them at different rates relative, mm -hmm. you know, relative to the same change relative to other people. And when that, when that rate of, of experiencing it and working through it, Ha happens differently, that can divide us. And, mm -hmm. and that's, for me, one of the most valuable parts of having that discussion of how do we want to be together is also that, like, how do we want to recognize and acknowledge that we are all going to experience this in slightly different ways? Mm -hmm. And I think just the potential for empathy there of, I, I, can, I can totally get and, and make space for the way you're doing this, the way you're yeah. processing, the way you're showing up with this, even if it's nothing at all like mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we can be there and have belonging and have connection, even if we're very, very different. Absolutely. Well, I think that sounded pretty conclusive. That's going to do it for us for today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig. And this has been Employing Differences. <laughs>